Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? TheBlackVault.com is a website dedicated to releasing freedom of information access requests on UFOs and other materials from the CIA and other government bodies. In mid-2020, John Greenwald Jr., who runs the site, received thousands of pages of UFO-related documents declassified by the CIA since the 1980s. Join myself and Neil on Aliens Explored as we pick out some of the highlights for discussion. Hello listeners, welcome back to Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast exploring the um, unidentified aerial phenomena or UFO phenomena um, from from all sorts of different perspectives. I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. Hi Stu, and uh, this week we're going to be looking at um, the Black Vault's CIA files on uh, UFOs. Yes, uh, very exciting. Uh, so the Black Vault—I mean, Black Vault's been running for a long time now. What is it? Twenty-four years, something uh, like that. Yeah, back. I know it goes back to the nineties. Yeah, ninety-six. Um, when uh, it's John Greenwald Jr. He was only fifteen at the time when he started the Black Vaults. When he when he took an interest. Wow. Yeah, started with some government freedom of information access requests, mm. um, and it's it's gone. I mean, it's, it's got over two million files now. We're not looking at all of them in this episode. <laughs> Just to no. be clear, <laughs> but yeah, but, over uh, two million documents. Right, incredible. And, and now, um, nearly three thousand pages have been made available in PDF form for anyone to to read and download. Yeah, no, it's interesting you mentioned about the PDF thing um, because the CIA... So he did a massive freedom of information request to the CIA mm. um, and they they dumped this, I mean, really shitty, petulant thing for the CIA to do. Um, they begrudgingly gave him this information but in, a, in an almost unreadable format, in paper format. Mm. Thousands and thousands and thousands of records in paper format, Neil. Most of which look like very poor photocopies. They're they're extremely difficult to read. They've got all sorts of redaction on them, and the, that all sorts of crossings out and amendments and exactly. So um, yeah. So John has has really. I mean, he's outdone himself. He has gone and he has personally. He's had to hand scan them. As well, mm. because this is not like normal sheets of paper. A lot of them, they're the old, you know, the larger printer style. Do you remember dot matrix printers, Neil? No, oh, I you do. Yes, with, 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 the, the, with a tractor feed, with the tractor and, and, and feed, and a fan fold, big box of fan fold 
<laughs> wide yeah. format paper. Yes, I, I remember that. You can't just shove those through an auto feeder in a scanner, can you? So this is the issue he's had. Hmm. Um, he's having to hand scan every single piece of information. So it's taken him a long time and he's working really hard. And, and do you know what, John? Big round of applause here from us on Aliens. Absolutely, we, we appreciate your it. hard and, and, work. And, and the cross-referencing was difficult as well because uh, the computer, I think it was relying on um, the computer being able to read the documents and and put in the the, refer- the cross-reference words. But um, some of it is just so unintelligible the computer can't actually see what the word is. Yes. So it's That's they're only partially, partially um, they indexed. Are. But he's so making it, it accessible through... So he's, he's uploading it in searchable PDF format, so it's making it easier. Uh, we ought to mention the website itself for the listeners to visit, theblackvault.com. Um, and, yeah, you can find all this information. Vault as in a place where you lock things up as opposed to um, electrical current. Yes. V-A-U-L-T. I thought from out there you were going to say like vaulting over things, which would be spelt but, the same way. But then, it, but then it is. It is like vaulting over things, isn't it? That's the same vault. I would, when, you well, vault, when you pull vault. Vault you, that's like a safe that yeah. you... V-A-U-L-T. Like a storage box. I think we're, we're getting a bit sidelined here. We are. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be Aliens Explode if yeah. we didn't go off track. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and as you say, it seemed to be very petty and spiteful, and it's the kind of thing you would do if um, a court ordered you to hand over some information for discovery in a trial, and you really didn't want to, that you would try and swamp the prosecution with a mass, with a a truckload of paper that they would no no way be able to go through before the case. It's that kind of... It has that kind of feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah, we it we wanted to just we wanted to just look at this stuff and say, why bother? Yes. Now, interestingly enough, I was talking with my my sister this morning about this subject because she's mm. a, she's a regular listener. So, big shout out, hello, Dawn. Um, <laughs> oh, Hi, Dawn. Complete side note here. Um, she was shocked to hear that you're older than me. Uh, she said you sound much much younger than I do. Well, yeah. thank you. Well, you know, I, I do make a living from my voice, especially these days when we're all locked down. So, uh, but unlike yeah. me, <laughs> <laughs> unlike you, and uh, nice to yeah, and, and I have gone for jobs where they they want an, an older man you know, in his sixties, and uh, yeah, don't get the job because sound too young. Yeah. Well, there you me. go. Uh, but no, just. For the for the other listeners out there, um, Neil is much much older than me. I'm much much older. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we, I was ta- I was talking with Don this morning about this and mentioned about the this format in which the the CIA have released these documents. She suggests that well maybe it's it's a way of burying information. Maybe it's a way of hiding information. And mm. I, I'm going to say I I don't. I don't think I agree with that entirely. I I, I see the point, um, but I think if there was really going to be stuff that they didn't want to release, they just wouldn't release it. Mm. Kind of as simple as that, really. Um, this this feels much more petulant, um, like you say. Yeah. Yeah, and and also a lot a lot of the information. Well, it, it's. Although it's come from the CIA, a lot of it is is open source material. It's it's 
mentioning things that have been in the news that have been in, appeared in newspapers so you know then they're, they're not giving away government secrecy and some of it is really really tangential mm. to, to to ufos yeah the, the the mention of ufos is just almost an aside there, there's one document might as well go right in and start start quoting these things well well be, before you do it's probably worth mentioning to the listeners that you and i have have gone away separately um, yes. and picked out a few um a few files that that stood out to us haven't we yeah and and that's the we format have. for today so it's a little bit different I mean, this show um than, than our we, we didn't one. agree on it so it's it's quite possible there's some overlap here yeah we we haven't i mean we perhaps ought to have done this before we started recording <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but, yeah, hey, so, that's the freestyling style of this show, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. So, so yeah, so start so, with your first one then, please, Neil. Right, Fantastic. my first one is just really to to illustrate how tangential some of this information is. This is a report about the um, the Serbian police who are hunting down the um, Serbian war criminal um, Radovan Karadzic, who had completely gone to ground at one point he'd escaped pursuit they, they 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 were supposed to have some kind of tracking on him they had tracking on his phone they found his phone in a in a pit and uh they, they were mystified there's um yeah there are no more signals coming from his shelters that have been reliably located um allegedly carriages has switched off the electricity cut the telephone lines thrown his cellular phone into a pit so basically they couldn't find him and then at some point further on in the story it just happens to say the pentagon pundits are at a loss they who are usually said to communicate regularly with the extraterrestrial beings and for whom there are no secrets on our planet and that's it just in the <laughs> middle of this report about a, a, a hunt for a, a fugitive war criminal so that, that that's gone into their X Files. Okay, and now, as I mentioned, of yeah, that's that, that counts. So that just shows that they've, they've got everything in here. Do you know what that? So that strikes me. It's an interesting. I, I was I was wondering where you were going with that one because yeah. like, this has nothing to do with you know UFOs. <laughs> um, so. Um, so many people will be aware. Of course, most of our listeners are in America, um, mm. but I think it's no secret that um, our, our current Prime Minister is Boris Johnson, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and one of the things he was most famous for... Um, there, there, I, I, know, I know it sounds like I'm digressing, but I am relating this to what you're saying. Um, one of the things he was most famous for at one point was the Brexit referendum and... Uh, basically, what is and and I can say this quite clearly because it's been proven um, a big lie on the side of a bus. Hmm. Uh, part of their advertising was that if we came out of the EU, they would be able to give three hundred and fifty million pounds per week to the NHS, the National Health Service, hmm. um, and that was an absolute lie that that we were giving this three hundred and fifty million to the EU. So the point was, if you put into Google mm. Boris Johnson bus, yeah, this is what you got, right? Yeah. right loads and loads of hits about yeah. him lying, basically yeah. lying to the the population. Mm. So shortly after this, um, I think it was shortly after he became prime minister, uh, he was in an interview 
and he was asked an inane question about how he likes to relax. And he came out with this most baffling, stupid, but moronic answer, hmm. which he likes to turn wooden fruit crates into London buses. He would paint them red and he'd paint the people inside and he'd paint the wheels and he'd, he'd like to picture them sort hmm. of going to various places of work. I mean, it's the most... I'm, I'm sorry to say, it's the most fucking stupid, moronic uh, response yeah. he could have given to any question. But actually, it's really clever. It, it didn't work in this case. Mm. But what he was trying to do, this is my speculation now, I think what he was trying to do was create a new response to a Google search of Boris Johnson bus. I'd never thought of it like that. I think it was like a really insidious, manipulative way of trying to basically redact history when you do searches about him. Now, think about this this case that hmm. you've created here. Hmm. If someone goes into these CIA documents and searches extraterrestrials yeah. and they come up with a document like that, oh, well, of course, yeah. It's it's silly yeah. that they've got lots of files about extraterrestrials. Yeah, they who are usually said to communicate regularly with the, with yeah. the extraterrestrial beings. Well, said by who, you know, who's... You know. It's almost yeah. like a deliberate form of disinformation. And that that's the connection I'm trying to make with that. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I yeah, I, I wonder. I'm, I mean, again, this is pure speculation. I've not come across that particular file before. Um, I hadn't mm. heard of it before you mentioned it, but but that's almost the first thing it reminded me of was this Boris Johnson bus interview answer was it's it's like it's like disinformation it's like redacting yeah, I mean, history almost. Okay, so so what, what did you find, Stuart? <laughs> so I'm going to um, talk first of all about a document that was uh, goes back to 1976, um, 26th of April to be precise. Now, it's got a reference number on here. I don't know if this is a Black Vault reference number or it's certainly been added after the original document uh, of C for Charlie 00015235. Mm. Uh, now, this... Uh, they refer to the Assistant Deputy Director for Science and Technology um, hmm. being shown something related to, Uf uh, to a UFO that was brought to him by hand. Um, it stated in the report right. that he would personally look into it um, and afterwards he gave advice moving forward. Now, the advice is, is classified. I'll read you exactly what it says. Um, in relating to that particular... Uh, so, we contacted the ADDS&T uh, doctor redacted uh, to see if he knew of any official UFO programme and also to attempt to answer some of the questions posed by redacted. Doctor redacted mm. exhibited interest in redacted which was hand-carried to his office. After a short examination of its contents, Dr. Redacted advised us that he would personally look into the matter and get back to us. So, 
exhibited interest in what in in contents in debris mm. but there's definitely something some physical thing related to ufos that was shown to the assistant deputy director for science and technology who then t- mm. he takes an interest in it so obviously that's a lot of redacted information but also like just yeah. simply the fact here they are saying something some physical evidence relating to the ufo was shown to him and it mm. was interesting that's quite that's quite yeah, telling, but we're not allowed really. to know what it is yeah, okay, yeah. But, but but even without knowing um yeah i think that's a very very telling very telling document and has it got any kind of security classification on it uh, not that I can see. Not that I can see. Um, but after redaction, of course, it's approved for release. But, I mm. mean, looking at the, the actual document itself, or a scan of the actual document, I mean, there is so much that is redacted. Like, for example, there's there's a redacted part, and when I say redacted, I'm talking about stri- you know, stri- strike-throughs with a marker pen. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, it's like so. There's a big block right at the top of this piece of paper, so that could have said top secret or for or such and such a level, or you know. No, they, they, I would have thought they would have left that intact. If it's if, it's, if it's no longer top secret, then surely it can't say top secret anymore. It, it can't say top secret, but they would have marked it as declassified from top secret, um, subject to these redactions. It, it, that would have been clear, because it, at some point someone would have registered that as a top secret document and taken all the usual precautions that you take with a top secret document. It's got a stamp on it saying approved for release and then handwritten date in. Hmm. And now the copy I'm looking at is just it cuts off that date, unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, but. That's how it's been. So I would imagine they'd strike through top secret and stamp it approved for release. Yeah. Probably. The I mean, other I saw some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw some documents in in the Black Vault where it's just pretty much everything is redacted. Yeah. It's just it's just a, a a page of black marker pen. You're allowed to have that. Well. Yes. Great. <laughs> well, it's evidence that a document exists. It's evidence that hmm. um, that that there is stuff that they can't tell you um, mm. so things like that while frustrating um can sometimes also be useful as well but it's also another way of getting around the freedom of information act so we got okay. this information we got this on, on document let's redact it let's put a black marker pen through it and then in 10 years time when we're, we're asked to divulge this we're going to say well this is all we've got because it yeah. was all redacted at that time and we don't know what it says I mean they might have redacted it recently they might say oh shit we've got to let this out okay let's cross that cross that cross that okay we can release it now sorry yeah that's that's how we found it yeah yeah who knows that's it I mean I, I've got I've got a fax here um, okay it's marked unclass assume it's unclassified and even that has got a redaction on it it's when it says copy to blanked out um, and this is a story that, that 
appeared in the press. It appeared in the, the sources Pravda, Moscow Pravda, in Russian, 15th of April 1991. And it's about diverging opinions on the cause of the Sasovo explosion. Um, this was a... So this must have been the 12th of April, 1991. A highly powerful explosion rang out at midnight near the small city of Sasovo in the Ryazan area, causing a massive shockwave, knocking out windows, including the frames, um, in half the apartment blocks, buildings and structures. Um, Multi-storey blocks rocked as in an earthquake. Um, and it goes on to say you know, nobody was seriously injured. Some people were in shock and some have been cut by broken glass. Um, schools were out of action for a while. Um, but it says the population is now less worried about um, the resulting damage from the incident than than the cause because of the uncertainty. They're still, they still don't know what caused the explosion. Some people are talking about munitions left buried since the last war. Others claim that a powerful air bomb fell. A third group claim, blame it on a meteorite. And a fourth group blame UFOs. So that's why this, this is now in the files. And there are people who supposedly saw a moving fiery sphere. Okay. Um, but although some military men who visited the scene said that some it was ammonium nitrate that exploded. Um... The one reassuring thing is there have been no variations in the radiation background and the composition of the atmosphere. Nothing detected. So it wasn't a nuke or it wasn't something that's that's going to drift our way and poison us. Um, okay. Basically, so yeah, because 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 they, they got this explosion at the time, they, they didn't know what caused it. Could have been buried munitions, could have been a store of ammonium nitrate, but... Somebody blamed it. A fourth group claimed that they'd seen a, a fiery sphere in the sky. Right. <coughs> um, but which, yeah, some people would have reported as a meteorite, other people as a UFO. Um, and, you know, mm. I, I, so I kind of I feel I get what you're saying here, um, but you'll get no argument from me that there are plenty of UFO reports out there that are not that are hmm. easily identifiable that are that are definitely not going to be of extraterrestrial or otherworldly origin hmm. um, you, you'll get no argument from me with that oh yeah sorry I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even trying to get an argument from you um, no, I, no, I'm no, just no. saying that, yeah, that showing really the tangential nature of some of these stories and some of it is you know, perfectly completely unclassified um, it would have been in the press it would have been in the Moscow Pravda in 1991 Oh, I think um, possibly um, translated sent to, around the world. There's been this mystery, mysterious explosion, but you no, know, it's not classified. I think to um, to possibly clear up a, a, a misunderstanding here, the black vaults is not just UFOs. It is no, about this classified this. documents. Full stop. Yeah, and this this has come from the CIA classified document, but actually. Um, there's nothing classified in it. There's nothing in it that wasn't in the press. Uh, but probably what is classified is the fact that the CIA are interested in it. Mm. Yes. That would have been... Yes, they're not an I mean, archivist. I, I know, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and, they I know from my own experience. <laughs> but yeah, that's not yeah. their job, <laughs> as it were. Yeah, or, or sometimes, um, as I know from my own experience in army intelligence, 
it's not, you know, all the information you have might be um, open source. It might, it might, it might be all out there in, in, in the public forum, but what's not out there in the public forum forum is, are the explicit links between them. Mm. How one thing relates to another, that could be classified. And just the very fact that um, how the information was gathered, the fact that, well, we didn't read it in, in, in a newspaper. Um, we, we, we read it from intercepting, um, United Press International telexes. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's... Uh, that, that's, that makes it secret, you know. And it, I, I think it, that's a good point. It's important to um, to understand that element of it. Um, but to come mm. around to, to, to actual UFO reports, um, which is what yeah. we're, we're about. Um, so yes. I picked up a second one here, um, going back to 1959... Uh, this is from the Belgian Congo, okay. where there was an eyewitness mm-hmm. report of, of a UFO, um, in, and a, a sketch was made of it, quite a detailed sketch. Um, so I'm looking at an actual drawing with, with you know, numbered parts and <laughs> what have you, um, mm. and uh, it says the launching, so, so this is, this is your classic ufo shape uh but with sort of sharp edges on either side quite shallow um some feet coming down in a straight line and an aerial rising directly up from the center Mm. in the top um it says the launching occurs at a sharp angle in the manner of a discus throw the revolutions per minute of the rim probably amount to twenty-two thousand. The jets on the bottom of the rim serve to propel the disc vertically upwards. Lateral steerage results from switching on and off various jet groups. Now, the interesting thing I find about this this report is they're not talking... It's, you know... um, It's theorised that these jets would do this. It's theorised... They're talking about it very factually. This is how it happens. Hmm. And let's not forget, this is this was not long after the Roswell, New Mexico crash, uh, mm. which was 1947, so that's what was five years um, after. Um, here in the Belgian Congo, you've got this person who sees this this disc. It's, you know, they, they obviously get a rough estimate of its size. They look at how fast it's spinning, so they're, they're even able to work out from such a detailed report... That it's spinning hmm. at twenty-two thousand revolutions per minute. That's a that's a massive speed. So yeah, how how do you calculate that? You can't see twenty-two thousand RPM, can you? I mean, my my car probably goes up to about eight thousand RPM when it's when it's really getting <laughs> into the red. You know, <laughs> I know. Um, I. I don't know how they've calculated it because I've only got a, a part of the report, as with many things, mm. you know, so much redacted. Um, but yeah, really, the fact that there is a report, they've managed to make these calculations. That they're, they're, like I say, they're talking about them factually, though, and that's the thing that really intrigued me about this report. They're not, they're not hypothesizing. They're not speculating. They're talking. Very much. This is how it takes off. This is how it manoeuvres. This is mm. how fast it spins. 
That's all I've got on that one, but uh, I, f- I found that quite um, an interesting element. Yeah, it's, is it just one report of it, or is it corroborated anywhere? Has anyone else seen it's, anything like it's this? It's the only one connected to it that I found uh, for that. That's not to say there aren't other mm. documents that, that connect to it. I mean, let's not forget, you know, these, these documents are still being scanned as we talk, mm. as we speak, So because um, there's just so many of them. Um, but no, it was the only one I, I could see at the time that related to this uh, this report from the Belgian Congo. Hmm. Okay, I've got another report from Russia. With um, love, and this looks lo- <laughs> sorry. With love. <laughs> with with love. From yeah. Russia with love. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Lame joke. And um, yeah, this is from the. A document titled USSR National Affairs and um, subtitled Scientific Affairs. Um, and it, it seems to have, you know, just a few paragraphs. It's a subject after subject. Um, so the subject you can see beforehand is Prognos 6, Automatic Space Station Launched. And then it, it, there's a few paragraphs on that. And then it comes down to um, a, a title heading Unusual Natural Phenomenon Observed in Karelia. um, reported by the Moscow TASS International Service in in Russian Um, Petrosovodsk 22nd of September this will be 1977 Um, the inhabitants of Petrosovodsk the capital of the Soviet Republic of Karelia have witnessed an unusual natural phenomenon about 0400 a huge star suddenly flared up in the dark sky impulsively sending shafts of light to the earth. This star moves slowly over Petrosovodsk and spreading it over in the form of a Medusa hung there, showering the city with a multitude of very fine rays which created an image of pouring rain. After some time, the luminescent rays ceased. The Medusa turned into a bright semicircle and resumed its movement in the direction of Lake Onega, the horizon of which was shrouded in grey cloud. So it goes on to describe the lights and so on. Why do I phenomenon. feel that's a, that's a report we've heard before? Yeah. Why, why that sounds very familiar? Did we a sun a sun bright light in the sky? Uh, it was the Medusa the thing, and the light coming mm-hmm. down like rain. Um, that sounded. I'm sure we've discussed that in a previous episode. That report. When they say Medusa, I mean in lots of languages, Medusa means jellyfish, doesn't mm. it? So like tentacular. That, yeah. Interesting. Okay, what, what, what's your take on what, what do you make of that that report? Um Again the thing is they've they've listed it as an unusual natural phenomenon. Mm. So it's is this something burning up in the atmosphere? It, yeah, this this lasted for ten or twelve minutes hanging over the town of Petrozavodsk. But they also say um, it was a star that did that. Well, yeah, no, a, a huge star's star. not going to have that impact in the Earth's atmosphere. Cause no, a it's star a bloody would, would star. Obliterate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't think they mean an actual star. Well, that's the point. I mean, and yeah, is it? Is so it that, they're not using very precise astronomical language. No, yeah. is it that these things are getting lost in translation though? Because that can happen. Things get reinterpreted. Mm. Uh, or misinterpreted. Well, when they say star and Medusa, 
I mean, English speakers would think, well, Medusa was so it looked like a woman's head with snakes for hair, did it? And well, does that mean it's writhing French... tentacles? And that's how yeah. I would picture it, is writhing tentacles, but perhaps they, they were just hanging, like you say, like a well, jellyfish. And, and tentacles would be on top of the head, whereas mm. a, a French person hearing Medusa would think jellyfish. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting, though. Interesting report. Hmm. Um... I've got one here going back uh, to 1984. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is a report from the 22nd of May. Now, now this particular report is part of a uh, a collection of reports uh, about a project um, called Stargate. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you've you've heard about this, but this was all to do with psychic abilities, um, remote viewing, things like that. And this particular report I found quite interesting. It's a nine-page report, uh, so it's quite lengthy. And it is a transcript of someone doing remote viewing, mm-hmm. but on the planet of Mars, uh, going back one million years BC. Right. Um, okay. And in this report, so it's done as a complete transcript, Um that they the remote viewer is given certain um uh, coordinates you know 40.89 degrees north 9.55 degrees west that sort of thing um they talk about there being a, a pyramid that they can see um they talk about beings in there uh, sort of tall thin beings uh, much larger than um, a human being wearing strange clothes. Now, bear in mind mm. that uh, that Mars has a lower gravity than Earth, so it has mm. been theorised that should humanoid life develop on Mars, they would in fact be taller than us. Mm. Uh, so that's not a, a strange thing. Um, there's talking about obelisks that they they see on Mars. But it's it's a really interesting um, sort of read. I'm not going to go through it all because there's so mm. much in this in these nine pages. Um, but this idea that through remote viewing they're aware of of life on the planet of Mars um, mm. back a million years ago. If if. In, if they discovered this in 1984, that would actually provide quite a drive to try and get to Mars to at least investigate it so that, you know, in this looking for life on Mars, looking for evidence of life, could well be what they're actually looking for is the technology hmm. from the beings of Mars. It's just remote viewing is a bit, you know, you lump it together with tarot reading and... It gets and together with tarot reading. Yeah. Um, but let's not forget, this is the government doing this um, and taking well, it very, very seriously. Project Stargate is something I would actually recommend the listeners do go out and investigate um, because it is absolutely fascinating stuff. I'd also recommend watching The Men Who Stare at Goats. Great yes. film starring Ewan McGregor, Bo Bridges and uh, Kevin Spacey. Uh, but yes, we, we have... Um, discussed that okay, in the previous episode out, yeah. Um, yeah so what other uh, reports have you got well again an- another one where it, it's just a paragraph that appears in um, 
a report dated July 1965, and this looks like just it's just a a feed from a news feed. So there's an article: punitive steps against extremists asked. Um, further down, meatpacking industry crisis. Further down, relations with Algeria. Blah blah, and then suddenly, Antarctic flying saucers. A group of red, green, and yellow flying saucers has been seen flying over Deception Island for two hours by Argentine, Chilean and British bases in Antarctica. The flying saucers were also seen flying in formation over the South Orkney Islands in quick circles. That's from the, the Buenos Aires ANSA Spanish report. And then and then that's it. And then it goes on to an article about oil. Right, OK. So again, just a quick paragraph. Spotted this thing, report it, boom, move on. Okay, and was there redacted information in amongst that, or uh, actually, yes, there is. Um, right after this quick circle, it just says Buenos Aires ANSA News Spanish, fifteen fifty six GMT, sixth of July, nineteen sixty five, and then something is crossed out. Some I can, I can just make out for approval, and and looks perhaps a name, but for some reason. It's, it's not so much redacted as crossed out and made difficult to read. Oh, actually, I can see it. It says for official use only. And actually, a few of the, a few of the reports have got that the last paragraph or the last sentence in, in capitals and in, in, in brackets says for official use only. And that's been crossed out on all these reports. Right. So it's, so it's just basically it's a UFO report in amongst... Lots of other reports. Yeah. So, so basically, that's that's a declassification. Someone said it's yes. no longer for official use only. We can release this, but that that's it. Just a quick report. Yeah, we saw some flying saucers over Antarctica. Boom, onto something about oil imports. Okay. Well, I think the fact that they're showing the intro. I mean, it's no secret that the CIA and FBI and what have you, you know, they they'll have an interest. But hmm. the fact that it should be included in an official report like that is is kind of. It's it's validation of the fact that they take this, interest this look, in these UFO reports. Yeah, this this looks more like an intercepted news feed. That's what you'd see from UPI. It would just be, you know, this constant feed of fan fold, tractor feed paper, mm. and it would just have you know a few paragraphs on each subject as as the news comes in. Interesting, interesting. Well, I only have one more. Um, for today. I have one more too. Oh, fantastic! So, okay, um, now. This I, it's not so much a single report um, hmm. as a thread of reports about a particular person. So this is uh, Doctor Leon Davidson, mm-hmm. uh, who now Doctor Leon Davidson was engineering supervisor uh, for the atomic weapons program for the United States. Hmm. So a very serious, very educated man in a very, like, quite a, a strong position. And it starts in the 1950s, um, where he he starts sending letters to, um, is it Wright-Patterson Air Force Base? Mm. Um, and he talks about wanting a verbatim translation of something he refers to as the space message... And he wants the ID of the transmitter from which it came. Uh, from which it came. Now, there's a lot of back and forth uh, between him and the Air Force Base. They try and fob him off and say, "Oh, it's just Morse code, and it came from this this hmm. transmitter." Um, 
and he keeps coming back to them because that that answer just doesn't satisfy now given his level of education if it was something as simple as morse code he'd clearly heard it mm. but saying oh yes it's morse code just doesn't give him an answer also they recognize what he's talking about when he talks about the space message so that's quite um, quite interesting but it all concludes essentially uh, in 1958 uh, when they say we're unable to answer any more questions because the records have been destroyed Hmm. (laughs) which is not the first time the government have claimed something like that falsely but you know as a way of shutting him up Um, but yeah Yeah, I mean he he remained of interest to uh, the CIA well basically for the rest of his life um, and he, he always uh, pursued information being released about UFOs and, and otherworldly things um, but that was quite an interesting you know, what is this space message and you try and search through the files on that all you find is this guy's um, request on it but worth, worth our listeners searching through and looking at all the documents um, but yeah that is Dr Leon Davidson Leon Davidson. Mm. Right. So, I mean, I mean, when we communicate on Earth, um, and we use satellite, well, satellite broadcasting or a satellite transmission, talking on a satellite phone, um, is there any leakage from the satellites? Obviously, you're sending a signal up into into orbit to be picked up by a communication satellite and and then transmitted back down to somewhere over the horizon on, on the other side of the Earth. Um, is there any leakage? As it were, that, that some of what you, some of your signal um, just continues going out into space. I that it gets, don't know. I don't know if um, I'm, and and then could then be picked up as an extraterrestrial signal. Well, it would have to get bounced back again, wouldn't it? Yeah, there'd have to be but something some picking that, up the signal and then returning it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, when you broadcast something, you're just broadcasting on the airwaves, and anyone with the right equipment can pick it up. You just go just just general broadcast. So when are, are you effectively doing that? When when you communicate with the satellite, so the satellite can pick you up, um, but some of the signal will go out and be picked up by something further out in space. Well, that's that's not entirely the case because, um, as you say, you've got to have these satellites to get it to other points because otherwise the planet gets in the way of the signal. Yeah, that's what I mean. But does some of the signal, um, like when you're broadcasting, just go off to be picked up by anyone else oh theoretically yeah it goes out into the universe and um so not in all directions obviously because like i said the planet gets in no. the way of a lot of it um and and presumably but other I'm, objects do as well yeah but I'm, I'm just wondering that if you were scanning the skies um for for um an extraterrestrial so doing a seti mm-hmm. looking for signs of extraterrestrial intelligence and you picked up a signal in space, could that actually be a, a signal that originated on Earth? Oh, I see what you mean. No, it'd be going the wrong direction, wouldn't it? It'd be going away from you but rather would you than know towards what to, you. It would be going away from you, but would you be able to tell which direction it was going? Um, think of it... If it was just out there. I mean, it's, it's travelling at the speed... I guess, yeah, your, your comms are travelling at the speed of light, aren't they? So I imagine they would get away from the Earth pretty quickly. 
Yeah. If, if they just went off into space. Well, think of it like throwing a paper aeroplane ahead of you. Um, hmm. You know, if if you throw it hard enough and fast enough that it it you can't see it anymore, you're not going to see hmm. it because it's still there. It's still there, but you can't see it's it anymore. Out of range. So you're not going to detect it. Hmm. Yeah, or more like firing a bullet out of a gun. You don't see it because it's moving away from you too fast. Yeah, um, but you might see a bit of swirl in the air. But, but a signal, no, for us to pick up a signal means it's got to be travelling towards us. Otherwise, okay. every radio station on the planet would be constantly playing everything it's ever played. Yeah, the signal has to go somewhere, yeah. and presumably it deteriorates as well. Um, that I, I don't, that I'm just I don't know as it about. does. That's the thing. It just it keeps travelling, but it's it's almost mm. like a physical object travels. You know, once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, that is, is there a possibility that something, a signal you've picked up in space that sounds like Morse code could actually have a terrestrial origin that we've just picked it up? Only if it was picked up it. and returned to us. It would have to be returned to mm. us. Hmm. Now, I say okay. return to us, it could be bouncing off something. Like, you yeah. know, if you fire something at the, the moon. moon, and it. I mean, yeah. I don't know if if it would uh, act as an audio reflector. Um, I mean, that's really. That's way too technical for me, but. Well, that, that's where Arthur C. Clarke got the idea of the communications satellite, didn't it? Because he had this idea well, what if I bounce a signal off the moon? And then I could get it over the horizon. I could get it to... And, um, but we don't, he, he we don't the, want to conflate yeah. science fiction with, with actual no, science. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that... Well, no, he was working as a radio operator during the Second World War. And um, he, he bounced the signal off the moon, but realised that the moon was too far away for it to be of practical use. So he came up with the idea of, of lower orbit satellites that, that signals could bounce off right to, to increase the range of transmissions so yeah a signal could bounce off the moon. well i get what you're saying there but my understanding of satellites is they're not just a physical object that you're bouncing something off there they're taking the signal they're amplifying it and they are transmitting mm. it out again yeah um it's not it's not bouncing's probably the wrong word they're receiving rece- receiver transmitters mm. Um, and it wouldn't work just having yeah. a dish up there that you bounce it off. That just wouldn't work. Would for okay. lasers, but not for sound. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, let's have yeah. your final. Um, oh, the final one is just a report from May 1962. Um, again, it seems to be one of these feeds that has lots, of, just a mix of whatever news articles come up. And one of them was about UFOs spotted over Buenos Aires in Argentina flying objects over the city of Bahia Blanca, south of Buenos Aires, causing varied concern among the people there. Um, Strange luminous bodies suspended for several minutes over the city, which disappeared quickly. A local photographer was able to take two pictures of the object, which looks like a luminous oval on 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 the print. The Cordoba Astronomical Observatory is compiling data about this phenomenon which has been observed in other regions of Argentina, although not as clearly as on that occasion. The observatory has asked people to submit their observations in order to determine whether the phenomenon was a cluster of meteorites, part of an artificial satellite, or due to other causes. Um, and, and that's 
really it. So just another sighting over the city from 1962, and then it just goes to the details of where he was when he saw it and what he did. Okay, so kind of keep uh, it quite yeah, But factual. the photographer does say that he took several photos. One, the very instant the mysterious body stopped and changed its course. This was when the object was closest to Earth. Right. That's from May 1962. Okay, well, that sounds like an interesting one to delve into. I doubt there's any answers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a fascinating one. So, mm. okay, well, let's let's summarise our thoughts on the Black Vaults um, and and the UFO uh, documents that have been declassified and and released. Mm. Um, thanks to John's very good work. Uh, what what did you think? Had you come across the Black Vaults before, or? Was it a new? Um, I've come across it in when we discussed this subject before about um, mm-hmm. when when we were discussing something related to this about the, the American government releasing its information on UFOs. Um, I, I think, yeah, nothing I've seen looks like a classified top secret document that they've that, that they've re, you know redacted or, or that they've they've suddenly made available and said, oh, yes, we knew about all this stuff. We've, we've, we've had regular <laughs> contact with extraterrestrials. Um, we, we meet with them. We, we sh- they share technology with us. They're on our side. Nothing like that. It's It seems to... I would say there's so much to go through, but all I've seen is open source. So I guess what was secret was the fact that the CIA had taken an interest in it. Yes. And had... Had uh, filed away that information. Well, that in of itself, I think, is is quite interesting. But no, I mean, as much as um, many of us in the in the UFO community would absolutely love the idea of some smoking gun where the government just suddenly says, "Yeah, do you know what? It's all true." And and here's this here's this Hands top up. secret yeah, document okay, that reveals it. No, we realistically we know that's not going to happen. Um, n- mm. Not in not without some serious um, developments and changes uh, at least uh, in society but but no I, I think I mean the fact that yeah they, they are taking an interest and certainly I think there are plenty of documents out there that whilst probably not much of a smoking gun um, do present quite a lot of interest like I said that that first uh, one that I talked about where they talk about something some physical evidence related to UFOs being presented mm. to someone all right we might not know what it is we might not know the name of the the assistant director but but we know that some physical evidence was handed to him mm. and when we're talking about UFOs well that in of itself is evidence that there is physical evidence connected mm. with UFOs. Just wish that there was a bit something a I bit know. more. <laughs> I am, yeah. The frustration. So yeah. I'm sensing the frustration in your voice there, and it's the frustration yeah. that many of us in the UFO community have been feeling for decades and decades. Um, mm. But. We've got to keep plugging away, and we've got to keep scratching at it, and uh, and that's where podcasts like this um, come in, of course, and and of course the absolutely phenomenal work uh, by the Black Vault. 
Um, Absolutely. So there we are. Um, but what do you think, listeners? Have you found anything in the Black Vaults yourself that are is particularly of interest that we might want to look at and talk about here on the show? Do you have your own stories you'd like to share with us? Uh, that would be absolutely fantastic to hear them. Um, and of course, what do you think about the stories that we have come up with? Uh, are they just a load of tosh, or is there something more to them all? Do let us know what you think by the usual channels of Facebook and Twitter by searching Aliens Explored, or of course, you can visit us on aliensexplored.com. Do join us next time when we will be going into Soviet Russia and indeed going underwater as we examine Russia's giant underwater humanoids. Exciting stuff. Look forward to that one. Absolutely. In the meantime, keep watching those CIA files and the skies. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com. <laughs>